right, guys, welcome back to the Big Bull Belt Podcast. Two James here, and it's only one other member of the gang. Aaron, how you feeling tonight? I'm good, man. Just watched Tough Enough. We'll talk about that and some wrestling. The rest of the fellas couldn't be here tonight, but you and me are here. We're going to make things happen. Yep, yep. Um, kind of discussed. We got a bunch of random little things we're going to talk about here, so it should be an interesting uh, night of discussion. Uh, yeah, like I said, Tough Enough just went off, and I, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, you know, it just it feels like it just slowly progressed, but I actually enjoyed that. I think... One of the sorest things about it is just really to see Daniel Bryan just sitting on the sidelines. Yeah. But um, the, the judges are really bringing it. They, they're bringing a lot of energy and charisma to it, and I, I'm feeling it. But yeah, I'm, Paige is really uh, letting them have it, especially Sarah Lee every week. She told her straight up tonight, I'm going to keep putting you in the bottom three until you do better. Exactly. And, you know, I, I'm really feeling that because – Paige is giving off, giving off a lot of different looks, feels, and, you know, you may judge her however you want, but you get a lot of sides to Paige mm-hmm. if you follow her life. You um, kind of see her on Instagram where she's, like, into rock, and you can see uh, she has a love interest, and she just seems kind of, like, really chill, like, hey, I'm a WWE diva, but I still kick it with my homegirls all the time. And, you know, she does her thing in the ring. There's no question about that. But then you see this tough girl side of her, and this is like, wow. Like, <laughs> well, the scary, the scary thing, too, man, is that she's already been on the main roster for, like, well, let's see, she debuted right after WrestleMania 30, so a little over a year, and she's only 22. Like, she's going yeah. to have an insanely long career because the Bellas are still doing it in a big way, and they're, like, in their early 30s. Like, yep. it's going to be – I think she's going to have a heck of a career, and I think that this is – um. It, at first, I was sour on her being a judge because I was like, man, she's new. Get someone veteran in there. But it's a yeah. good fit. It kind of brings that young perspective. I like it. I'm also yeah. bummed to see Daniel Bryan every week and not in a wrestling ring. It's a bummer. Yeah, as a, as a true wrestling fan, that's, that's, a, that's really a hard one to bite. I mean, you look around besides Paige, but obviously Paige just brings the energy for a diva's perspective. But looking at active main talent and Obviously, a top tier wrestler like Daniel Bryan on the sidelines, and it really bothers me. Even, even kind of funny yesterday, I was just having a little like moment thinking about Corey Graves. I was just like, "Wow, it's just like these injuries are really knocking people off." And this is, yeah. Do you you like to see somebody reach their max potential? Do you remember Corey Graves? Like, I don't remember how soon you got the network, but do you have a chance to see him when he was still wrestling on NXT? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I got the network. The, the, I mean, like literally, I was out to eat, and um, as soon as it was available, I ran home and downloaded. Yeah, me too. Ready. I, I mean, was, I was day one. He would have been on the main roster by now because I remember watching that E60 special they did on the Performance <laughs> Center, and like Corey Graves was one of the guys they were saying had all the tools and was like ready to go and you know what Th- that aside he's doing an excellent job on commentary i'm really really happy for him he's getting really all over the network he's got his own show which i do i do watch his show that it's called culture shock it's like yep. he'll go see different stuff on the road and it's a pretty cool show i could definitely see him on raw doing commentary someday no doubt i agree i definitely agree so uh, another another just random uh, speaking of commentary, another little random that I caught my eye. We're going to get into Braun a little bit, but um, Titus O'Neil. Yes. I don't know if people have been paying attention to him when when him and uh, Darren Young are out there doing commentary. But Titus O'Neil has a career after wrestling. He outworked JBL on that on, on commentary. He, he called him out on it too. Yeah, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. It felt kind of. It felt kind of touchy at the moment, but then I think about it, I was like, well, JPL, he's always, you know, uh, cooking in the kitchen, and somebody just turned the heat up on him, and, you know, he stuck through it, but I was just like, I, I'm, I'm really feeling this. You know, Brian Saxton, you watch out. Charles O'Neill, <laughs> uh, I'm feeling it. You know, it was it was funny. That was a two-segment match. That I think they were primetime players around commentary. It was New Day and the Lucha Dragons, I think. Yes. Yes. So I had the first half of the match, the first segment on mute, because I was um, catching up with a friend on the phone who lives in, uh, oh gosh, um, Virginia, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, then I put it back up, and I saw that Titus was just killing it on commentary. I heard him rip on JBL. Like, yeah, Titus, 
it, it's great that he's been given the spot with the primetime players gig again since the Usos and um, Tyson Kidd are kind of out of the tag mix right now. It's great that they got the spot. They should have got the spot a long time ago. They've been right. ready for a while, and it's nice to see them get some shine, no doubt. Yep, yep. So anyway, let's get into Tough Enough now. Uh, you know, the, um, the contest today was basically about picking um, – out of a red, out of a hat, a random ring entrance character that they was going to portray, and I thought, I mean, this is this is right on as as far as building a superstar. I thought this was a great event. Um, I guess let's just for right there. What do you think? Did you think this actually challenges or, or put forth a challenge for them to be WWE superstars? Oh no, no question about it. You know, before I even think about physicality or about you know, wrestling moves themselves, I have to be able to buy into the story and into the characters. It's why I sometimes struggle with New Japan because the product is so focused on the in-ring product. But um, I, I thought it was a really good challenge. You could kind of tell who who was go- who could or had the potential to do well as a character on television someday. And mm-hmm. you could tell who just didn't feel comfortable. Sarah Lee, she's going to have to step it up soon because she didn't look like she belonged at all. But... You know who did belong? Our boy Patrick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, you know, I'm really, really, I'm really, really pushing him. And from um, our Twitter, our Twitter page, you definitely can see that. Um, I, mean, I am a little bit leery about him being a little bit confrontational, and he is very outspoken, which is never really good in any of these type of reality shows where it comes to voting. Because sometimes, um, as America may not be too fond of it, and I would hate to see him be voted off out of just a misunderstanding, sort of say, like like um, Hazizi is, sort of, but America seems to really be behind him, which I also voted for him tonight. Yep, me too. But, I mean, his build, um, his, his his thought process, I mean, he, I don't know if anybody's, you know, any of our listeners follow him on uh, Twitter, but uh, he posted, um, he posted a tweet saying, hey, I'm the only one up right now Watching the Beast in the East. I saw game. that. Yeah. Well, for pitching, I'm just like, hey, this is this. That's that's the real deal right there. Like true wrestling fans, um, including all of us, we we got up and watched it. Uh, mm-hmm. Twitter was live in the morning. Mm-hmm. A lot of people was watching. And hey, if I'm trying to get a job in a in a corporation such as the WWE, I'm doing. I'm putting all the tricks out to make sure that I'm noticed. You know. Yeah, no and doubt. It was so, um. Yeah, that's that's what I love about him is that he's he legitimately is a wrestling fan and knows about wrestling and is passionate about it. Like, I think that's why he did so on well his entrance. I think um, Mata, I thought he had a good entrance in that competition tonight. He Absolutely. looked he looked the part. Like he looked tough, and I like that he brought his Egyptian heritage because I think his gimmick was supposed to be a king of the ring, and like you know, a pharaoh is a king in Egypt. And it was cool to see that crossover. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's kind of why I'm not feeling Tanner. Like, no doubt the guy's tough. He said he's been doing MMA for, like, 10 years. But, like, you're, you seem like you're there more to prove that you're tough and that you're there to fight people and you can beat people up. Like, that's cool. That can be a character. But, like, I like that Patrick's there to be a wrestler. I like that Mata's there to be a sports entertainer. I like that ZZ is there to put smiles on people's faces because there's a place for that in professional wrestling. Ask Santino Morelli. He made a living out of it for a long time. So, um, you could definitely kind of tell who, I think they should, can go back to this kind of challenge again in a couple weeks and see who's grown as a performer and as a character, because it's so important. I think, um, and from a Divas perspective, um, I think Gigi did a a great job as well, but, um, you, you absolutely right. Um, what's her name? Um. What's the name? I can't think of it. But uh, the we one, had, the one that should have, that got eliminated. I'm sorry, just looked like uh, no, Daria. Daria, yeah, I not believe. Daria. I'm sorry, Sarah Lee. Both of them just really look very uncomfortable yes. in their roles. Um, Daria, I was really disappointed in you know her ring presence or just her interest and all that because it's like, hey, if you're an octagon fighter, like you're used to crowds and all this other stuff. Yeah, you know, she just looks really look really tight in it, but. Um, you, you, I definitely agree with the people that you said did a good job as well. Um, 
But I, yeah, and I think that's another issue too. Some of, some of these people are coming in thinking like, "Hey, this is tough enough," so I want to I want to portray that I'm the you know the toughest sob in here, and you know, and that's not really what's happening. Tough enough is more of a saying of, "Are you tough enough to make it through these weeks of the training and the, you know the teachings to be a WWE superstar to not be a professional street fighter?" Yeah. On one one thing I want to touch on too, we saw that uh, Princess Diana left the show tonight, and they kind of played it off on the show that she was leaving because she wanted to go be with her fiance and plan her wedding. Yeah, I haven't seen the video yet, but apparently there's a video on the Tough Enough site or on the app or something because I read about it where Lita kind of interviews her before she leaves, and uh-huh. I guess what ha- what the situation was she lives out west in Washington. I guess she owns and runs a bar there with her uh-huh. friend. And apparently her friend got into a confrontation with a with an unruly customer and became paralyzed in whatever sort of fight happened. And so she had to go out there to kind of help her friend as well as, you know, maintain the bar that she runs. But um, Really? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. So it kind of sounds like the timing wasn't working out right for her either. Like, I don't think she would have made it through the entire competition, but, right, you know, right. I kind of wish they would have said the main reason she went home because that's kudos to her i have respect for her for going home and helping you know take care of her business and helping her friends and stuff so i'm actually reading it right now it yeah says, uh, on, on june 26th hogan broke up an altercation between patrons but was then attacked from behind by another patron which resulted in him hitting the ground hard enough to break three vertebrates and bruising the spinal cord and put into where his experiences paralysis and an entire left side of his body that's awful and they have a GoFundMe set up for this one. Yeah, that's 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 sad. That's yeah. just no way. There's no way you can sit through a competition. Uh, somebody close like with you and I mean, because how long is it, how long is this competition? It's gonna end up being like ten to twelve weeks, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I was gonna say twelve weeks. Yeah, that's that's a tough one to sit there and have that on your conscience. So yep. honestly, I do respect that as well. Okay, so. Um, so do you agree with who was sent home tonight? I mean, it could have been Daria or it could have been Sarah Lee and I would have been fine with it either way. I think Sarah Lee is on borrowed time. And it's funny because I really like her. She seems like she's a, like a personable lady. Like I could, it would be, see, it would be easy to be friends with her. And that's a good quality for people to have that are on TV to an extent. But like today she just was such a choke artist. Even when they gave him that final chance to cut a promo and to do like the entrance my wife and i couldn't even watch it she like walked around the ring with her jacket over her shoulder and just like looking at people and it was i I didn't believe it and then when they gave her her 30 seconds to do her final promo she was all like you know i'm not the best but i try really hard it's like i told my wife you know what that reminded me of those domino's commercials were like well we're not that good but we're getting better it's just like you're on a competition. You need to tell people and convince them that you are the best because you're trying to stay every week. Yeah, um, it, it, it's so funny that they gave her the, the mean girl. She's such a nice. She's such a nice. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I don't. Between her and Daria, I didn't really care too much. I hadn't connected with them very much either way. I'm glad Zizi stayed. Um, I think yeah. he did himself a lot of favors by the 30 second promo he was able to cut to kind of plea for him to stay. I hope he brings it next week because not a lot of time left or a lot of chances left, you know? Did you, you, know, which, did you agree which, with it, though? Okay, so for Daria one, I'm really leery about all the MMA fighters and all the speculations yeah. that come behind it. And, you know, um, she's 21, um, which I think, you know, is, uh, 21 in her build, which I think is great. Um, but... I just, I don't, I don't know, I'm just really, I was just really leery about what her real purpose is. I mean, obviously, she's just trying to portray that she's the toughest. But just to see her so emotional after being eliminated, it's just like, you know, it's hard to judge a book by its cover, but that's kind of like how this show is going to be. You're only going to see certain aspects, and you're going to have to pass judgment for what a person displays to you. So although she likes to, you know, relate back to saying, you know, she's a UFC fighter, but, you know, she's here for this. Um, it's hard to retell really what her intentions are, but to see her like emotional, like I said, it's just it makes you think like you know, 
Maybe she was really here for this, but she didn't leave it all today. To no. Yeah, definitely agree with that. And something I also read online was that as long as the girls di- didn't completely tank, they were going to pretty much offer every girl on the show who was interested a developmental deal anyways. Not for... Oh, okay. So, like, it's very, very possible we'll see her down the road. I think of a lot of the runner-ups over the years, like Maria Kanellis was in the Diva Search, and she didn't even sniff the top three, if I remember right. And she ended up... <laughs> she's still having a good run, you know, over an ROH. Yeah, She true. got to work in... Um, at a New Japan show recently with the Kingdom, like she's one of the first females to work New Japan in like I don't know eight ten years. I read so that's huge. I I just know from um, from the male uh, competitors, it's gonna it's gonna be tough because just just looking at the roster, like Matter Patrick. I mean, ZZ's gonna come along. I think Tanner. You know, although he's proven to, and he's trying to prove like he's such a tough guy as well. I think he's going to come to grasp to realize like, what is he really supposed to be doing here? Yeah. And I, and I don't know. I, I hate to say it, but Josh just seems to be the traditional wrestling look. <laughs> so, yeah, he. You, know, you never know. He seems like the Vince, the Vince McMahon cookie cutter type, no doubt. Yeah. I think preliminary, the people that got eliminated already, I probably would have went with them as far as this visual. Like, all oh, those guys are going to, they're going to be gone. Yep. Like, it's the, take the, like, the original Red Ranger in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a picture of, like, what the Power Rangers look like now recently, and the Red Ranger is um, a bit more large than he used to be. That's yeah, all I'm going to say. Yeah. I'm actually seeing him at a, a local Comic Con, him. Oh. Um, yeah, the original Black Ranger, the original Blue Ranger, and the secondary Yellow Ranger. I, I've seen them. Yeah, because the first, the first Yellow Ranger is deceased. Yes, yep, yep. And then we got the Green Ranger still calling out CM Punk to fight him. <laughs> you know, he, he's, he's, he's so much into his character. I tell you, if he ever wanted to make a wrestling career, I could definitely see it working. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but hey. Oh, man. So, okay, so... I guess pretty much wraps up tough enough, you know, um, interested in to seeing, you know, the uh, challenges for next week. Uh, how do they build upon that? Um, oh, I do have to say, I do have to say this. I was really, really worried about ZZ and his American hero character because when you say American hero, especially right now, there's only one name that's coming coming into play. And not only if you were even never a Dusty, a Dusty Rose fan, but you have Hulk Hogan as one of your judges. Like you have, you had to really tiptoe how he was going to portray that. Yeah. And I thought, I thought it took massive balls for him to do what he did. And even Hulk Hogan uh, gave him praise afterwards. And I mean, that's 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 what I'm saying. Like ZZ, he's just gonna he's just gonna mature to a point where I feel like he definitely has the potential to be a superstar. He didn't he he didn't come in groomed at all, but that's what you come into a competition for to yeah. learn. Like you know, when he's only like eighteen or nineteen, like he's still a young kid. Like he'll hopefully figure it out. You know what he reminded me of though? I've been watching on the network. They have like I think it's like a year and a quarter worth of episodes of the Attitude Era. Like you can watch them in sequence. Right, and uh, right. he reminds me of how the artist formerly known as Gold Dust, when he was doing that <laughs> gimmick, he was like one week he'd come in dressed as a Christmas tree, and one week he came in in a diaper and was the New Year's baby, and like Austin came out and stunned him both weeks. But he, yep, that's yep. kind of what he reminded me of. So, like, they can say there's not a place for that in the business, but Gold Dust made a pretty good living out of it for a while. I agree. I definitely agree. Yeah. So, you know, speaking of Austin, um, not sure if you got served, but uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin has been revealed to be the, the cover wrestler for the WWE 2K16 by 2K Sports. Um, I mean, what do you think about that? I mean, it, it's kind of cool. I saw the commercial where they kind of play in the 2K16 with Austin 316, so you kind of have yeah. that wordplay there. He's definitely a recognizable figure, so it makes all the sense in the world to include him, especially since they have The Rock on there, I think it was two years ago. So it makes sense. Here's my thing about it, though. We just had the Austin Heyman podcast recently, and they teased us with that match with Brock. And then Austin comes out and says, no, we were just kidding. It's not going to happen. It's like, as somebody who's already invested 
several hundred bucks, you know, in my travel plans to go to Dallas to keep having Austin being teased down my throat. Um, it's a little annoying, but it's cool, I guess. I, I'm not a video game guy, so I won't purchase the game, but it's, you know, I get it. What did you think? Um, I am a video game guy, and I do own the last three mm -hmm. of them. Looking right now. Yeah, I have the last three, and okay, so two things. Is, yeah, I, I like Austin on the cover, um, but I, I just wish they would stop kind of like shoving the attitude error down our throat because that's, you know, wh whoever the cover artist is, they kind of like to um, emphasize on their reign in the WWE and you know, I think that sooner or later, they just need to just focus on the current superstars right now and their storylines and I just think like they just need to like seriously refocus on how to brand in this game because last year was uh, John Cena was on it and it was going through the John Cena and CM Punk view over and over and then the year before that was The Rock and I think that focused on The Rock and Triple H not their view but sort of say they're come up in the WWE and it's just like you no, know, there's so much good talent right now I think they need to uh, just kind of focus on the current superstars in the roster. But I did like the commercial. It didn't as intense as it did last year when Sting was revealed. Like, it gave me goosebumps that I had to go reserve it the next day. But Yeah, I I mean, there was a lot of different guys they could have picked, too. Like, if they really wanted that name recognition, like, Brock Lesnar probably should have been the guy on the cover. Especially yeah, since yeah. they're really building a lot of their big shows for the next three years around that guy. Yeah. Um, I think he would have been a better choice, but I get the Austin thing, like I said. You know, it is what it is. I, I do like those games. Like, I have a buddy who has, I think, uh, PS4, and I played the one where they had the Attitude Era mode. That was pretty cool. Yeah. I like that yeah. one. I actually got it confused. Last year was um, John Cena. The year before that was Daniel Bryan, but it still didn't focus on. And even the Daniel Bryan story, I hope hopefully that is you know that's that's going to be involved in this one. That's that's a good story that I'm sure that fans uh, would appreciate. Yes. So next topic, obviously, is Monday Night Raw. Um, very interesting Raw, sort of say. I'm not going to say. Uh, I said it was it was it was better within uh, the few past weeks. I actually watched through it and my eyes wasn't bleeding. But um, <laughs> obviously, well, actually, I, I fully, you should be doing the talking since it was in your home city. Yeah, man, I, I'm about two hours um, west of Chicago, more or less. Like, I could have driven up there. We had some pretty nasty storms in our area, but like, it wouldn't have been a big deal. I've been to the Allstate Arena millions of times. Dr. M and I attended um, Judgment Day 09 there. I've been to, I've seen a Punjabi prison match in that building. I attended WrestleMania 22 there. I attended Raw. I got to see Mick Foley work at a Raw there a while back. So, like, I've been in that building enough times. And I, I almost thought about going. Like, I was really considering it. Um, I know we're going to, my wife and I are going to be buying tickets to Global Force Wrestling soon. And maybe a Ring of Honor show in September up in Chicago Ridge. So, like, I'm trying to... At the end of the day, I just decided we were too busy and I didn't want to go. And I kind of regretted it a little bit when they did the Brock Lesnar angle with uh, destroying the uh, the caddy. <laughs> that was amazing. But then um, we can kind of go through Raw, but I will tell you that the finish of Raw made me glad that I didn't go. Say it made you glad that you didn't go? Yeah, the finish. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Um, the Chicago fans, they always bring it. Yeah, so we got we got our CM Punk chain in there a little bit, but I don't know what they were thinking putting Sheamus and Roman Reigns out in front of that crowd because neither one of them are connecting terribly well right now with live uh, crowds, especially Sheamus. I just don't yeah. think people are getting to the point where they don't care because, like, new Sheamus feels a lot like the old heel Sheamus. Uh, maybe that's just me. I agree, and yeah, you... <laughs> I mean, that was one of those matches I kind of like. I mean, I was listening, kind of turned it down, but yeah, no, no, they 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 never get it right, and they should know that's the toughest crowd of the WWE universe, and 
they did, they pretty much fed that match to the dogs. Yeah, I don't really have much to say about that. And they match, gave them like right? two or three segments. It was just like went on and on forever, and then you knew. Bray Wyatt was just going to come out and schmoz the ending anyways, which is exactly what, well, sort of what happened. He kind of played a trick on him, but. Right, right, right. Um, are you feeling the Bray Wyatt-Roman Reigns storyline at all? At, not at all. Okay, not me really, neither. Not really feeling how to use a Bray Wyatt pretty much nowadays. It's just these, un, these kind of like forced views and just random mind games with just with people that's kind of already involved in views. So it's just like. Uh, you know, but I like Bray Wyatt's character. I'm just not liking how they utilize him, and I'm not feeling that Roman Reigns to him at all. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's not intriguing at all. No, they're not really giving Bray like a story story that I can connect with. It's always like, like you said, he's playing mind games with somebody, but I don't really always understand the reason or what he's talking about, and. Like, it was cool at first. Like, I think he his first feud when he debuted was with Kane, and they had that Inferno match at SummerSlam. And it was cool just because you never, or at least in a while, you hadn't seen a guy come in and act like that and talk like that or look like that. But now we've had Bray Wyatt for about a year and a half, almost two years. I guess I'm just kind of missing the point now, and it's... <sighs> he's a very talented performer. I just wish they were giving him more to chew on, substance-wise. I agree. I, you know, and actually looking back at um, a couple of uh, uh, roles from the Attitude Era, just to see how the late great um, Paul Bear and Kane mm-hmm. was utilized back then. I mean, I see. I feel like that's what they're aiming for, but they'll never get that same. Uh, no. And, and um, you know, and they don't need to necessarily go the same way because he's such a unique character. But like I said, if they can give him a story that makes sense. Like, I kind of got the John Cena story they did at Mania last year, where, like, here was this established figure that was preaching hope and respect, and he's the opposite of that. Like, I can get into that. But the only other big story that Bray Wyatt's done that I've been into is the thing with The Undertaker, who being the face of fear. Like, I can understand that. All the rest of his feuds, I kind of take it or leave it, you know? Yeah. And I, don't, and I don't know if, if they don't turn him babyface, like, who does he feud with after Roman Reigns? Because you've got to figure Roman Reigns is going to go over on this one. <laughs> I mean, I feel like he's the, he's the automatic gimmick to throw people over, for real. Yeah, he's just putting people over, but he hasn't been in the company that long. Like, I don't even know who they feud him with next. I, <laughs> hey, Scratch, I, I was hoping you weren't going to ask me that because I have no clue. I don't have but, any idea, and I don't think creative knows either. I think the only way this works is if the Wyatt family gets back together and we see them feud with the New Day. That would be, oh goodness gracious. You know know how I'd get into that is if they full-on had Bo Dallas finally join the New Day because he's brothers with Bray Wyatt in real life. That that would (laughs) be fun. Yeah, you know... That kind of and that's kind of funny because remember the other day I was bringing up I was just like I never understood why all heart was with the nation of domination. That looks like this is what, exactly what's about to happen. Again. <laughs> <laughs> although although both Dallas and the New Day are both uh, advocates of positivity, so I can see that, but still, yeah, there's a connection there. I get it. Yeah. So, um, I have to say one of the things that stuck out to me on Raw. <laughs> And I have really had to go back and watch it today. But there's a lot of things. But the one thing that really stuck out to me is being a car enthusiast, the Cadillac. I think it's a, it was a um, 2015 CTS. And the way they tricked it out, I was just like, this must be straight from West Coast Customs. Because I don't know if you look, but when they went to the truck to get the um, the handles of the axe, I guess that that's what they were. Mm-hmm. The exhaust, the exhaust pipes were sticking out about two feet out from the car, and I was just like, "Not a new Cadillac!" Like they totally riced it out, <laughs> and it was, it was just, it was horrible. Well, and they just, they I, had those I, mud flaps like dragging on the ground on um, on Addison there by Wrigley Field. Like it looked like those were poorly installed too. Why do, you, do you, <laughs> why I thought you only put mud flaps on a truck? Am I wrong? <laughs> No, you're absolutely right. Okay. I was like, I was like, I was like, man, I, I, I was, I was like, Brock is about to destroy this, like the uh, bonus stages on Street Fighter back in the day. Oh yeah. 
we just gotta keep hitting the one button. So I really enjoyed I really enjoyed the beat the beating of the car. It really took me back. I felt bad for the kid that was hit by the door, but on the contrary, like good lord, Brock got some energy. He flew that like a, a boomerang and went so far back. I marked in the crowd. I was like, "Sheesh!" I marked out hard for when he brought that box over to him and he pulled out two axes. I was like, "Oh, it's about to get real," because like <laughs> I've seen enough Brock Lesnar matches where he doesn't know his own strength and he hurts himself. I think about <laughs> WrestleMania 19 when he jumped on his own head. Doing shooting star press. Yeah, I yeah, think about right. how he got knocked out on his feet at the WrestleMania 29 match with Triple H, like two minutes in. Like, yeah. I was like, dude, if he's swinging this axe too hard, he's gonna cut himself trying to pull it out of that metal. And then he, <laughs> and then he flings that door, like you said, and it hit the kid. I guess the kid got a bunch of free merch out of it. But I also read Absolutely. a little thing on Twitter that someone said they had a source to the effect of that that spot was sort of planned and they're going to bring it into the storyline. But it's like, how do you, how does Brock know for sure he's going to fling the door that far? Like, I don't think you could plan that. Not at all. That was I, ridiculous. I didn't see or read that, so. And then, like, yeah. and then um, Joey Mercury, man, he took that spot on the hood of the car twice. Yeah. Like, that looked yeah. painful. Um, the, the WWE, um, Dot com reported that he suffered a concussion, and when I say concussion, uh, Goldfinger with quotation marks concussion uh, from it, and of course, um, what's the face um, suffered a broken arm from the Kamor. Oh, uh, so, Jamie Noble. Jamie Noble, yeah. So, but this uh, is a great I, spot. The whole thing yeah, was great. Absolutely, I was gonna say great spot. Brock actually says in his spare times he cuts down lumber, so he's he's no stranger to the axe game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the best, in my opinion. That's the best thing going in wrestling right now is that feud with Brock and Seth Rollins. Yeah. I think it's money. I think they can definitely stretch that out till SummerSlam. Yeah. Um, I think it's I think it's great. I I'm not always a fan of the part timers coming in and stealing shine, but when you can be that believable. And make make me feel like that it's sort of real, like you're doing something right. So that we can zoom through Raw a little bit quicker, and I know we're going to go through a special segment where I'm going to let you focus on what we talked about before uh, we started tonight. Um, just give me your top three pros of the night shortly, and um, and then um, I'll give you mine, and we'll go about the cons of Raw. Sure. Um... Top three things. Number one, like I said, that Brock Lesnar Authority car smash segment was absolutely tremendous. Um, My number two would be the Cena and Cesaro match. I thought it was an absolutely fantastic match. I didn't know if they could top the one that they had the week prior, but they did, no doubt about it. Like, Cena looked flat out exhausted after that match. Like, Cesaro is just... I don't know if there's a guy in better shape than him. Maybe Dolph Ziggler, but... um, Cesaro's just the freaking man. Like, I'll I'll get more into the cons of my problems with the way that that match ended, but that was great. As far as a third pro, um, let's go with Titus O'Neil on commentary. All right, primetime players are definitely getting over as the babyface tag team of WWE, and kudos to them. What about you? You know, so I don't absolutely take all three of yours because I. I firmly agree. My number three will have to be Rusev Health to see him actually to stand on both of his oh, feet. I forgot about that. That was great too. Good point. Yeah, I, I, I was really like, wow. I was like, he's looking good. I'm hope I'm hoping his recovery is going as good. Uh, he looks in shape. And uh, a special shout out to Lana because she was just looking so good. But yeah, Rusev, um, he definitely it was good to see him on both his feet, and um, he did good work, many work right there with. Um, Dolph Ziggler, so that was a big uh, pro for me there. Uh, cons, um, the host, I, I, every week we did, I have to do this, but definitely with the Divas, anything with the Divas is definitely just wasn't working. Um, I have to agree that um, not, I'm not going to say the outcome of the last match, but to kind of see Kevin Owens is like go leave the ring with, like, you know, no mic work or anything against uh, Cesaro, which I was kind of looking forward to. He just kind of, like, bowed down and left. I think this is a con if they don't make this 
more than what it make it more than what it was. For instance, like you making if you're making Cesaro look like really a really tough guy to a point that Kevin Owens like like knows that he can't mess with him. If that's how they're emphasizing it that way, then I'm with it. But I don't think they would ever think that deep into it. So just for him to just be, you know, so tough and all these promos that he's cut over the last like three weeks and just Cesaro calls him out in his face and he doesn't do anything. I was kind of looking forward to a little something. Um not to get it. And of course the um Ronan Reigns and the uh, Sheamus match was just completely irrelevant. Yeah, I um, I guess I'll kind of touch on a few other things I didn't care for. I love our truth. I think he's absolutely hilarious. I love that he's scared of spiders. I love that he dresses <laughs> up like um, like a poor man's king. <laughs> I don't, I don't understand why you invest the time and the money and the new gear and the new graphics into King Bad News or King Baird or whatever he's calling himself this week, and just have him look like a mockery. Like, I know you can make your heels look stupid sometimes, and, like, that's kind of the point is that the audience gets to laugh at them, but I I guess I just don't really know where they're going with Wade. It's it's a shame because I remember how hot he was as kind of like a anti-heel, anti-hero baby face before he got hurt last year. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what's going on with Wade. Um, somebody timed that Divas match on Twitter, and they took a screenshot of their iPhone, and it was, like, 3 minutes, 13 seconds, hashtag... <laughs> give divas a chance like all the you know i think it was brie versus page this week and like brie can wrestle and page can wrestle and you know why not give them two segments instead of giving roman reigns and sheamus like three segments why not divide that up better yeah i think that the storyline with the bellas versus page team bella versus page is dragging out a bit too hard before page kind of calls in the reserves from nxt um, I'm hearing maybe Charlotte, maybe Sasha Banks. I heard they were thinking about Bailey, but she's hurt right now. Right, right. I, that's going to be great when it happens. But I just feel like they're trying so hard to stretch that out till SummerSlam, and I'm kind of in agony waiting for it to kind of come to a conclusion because I don't know if there's enough there to drag it out that long. But um, let's talk about that Cesaro match a little more. I agree with you. I think that they made Kevin Owens kind of look like a punk, and maybe that was part of the point. But I would have rather seen him end the match in a schmoz again than to come out after the pinfall. I feel like he was kind of feeding into what Cesaro wanted him to do, and it made him look weak. Yep, yep. Like you said. But, like, I also, there, I was so excited at the beginning of this match. They're about to have the match, and then Cesaro's music hits, and and I'm like, oh, man, it's on now. Because, of course, Cesaro wants revenge on Kevin Owens because he cheated him out of a title win the week before. Yep. And then they had this excellent match, and then you put Cena over clean. I don't understand what that does for Cesaro. I don't understand what that does for Cena, because it seems like, once again, Cena has no mountains to climb because he just steamrolls everybody. And I don't understand what that does for Kevin Owens, because he didn't further his rivalry with Cesaro during the match, costing him the match again after he punked him out. Like, that would have made way more sense. And I would have been angry that the ma- that Cesaro didn't win, but I would have been able... It would have got Cesaro over more, and it would have got Kevin Owens over more. Like, please tell me we can somehow still salvage this for a triple threat feud at SummerSlam. And everybody's calling for it on social networks, and I, I, I can't agree with you anymore. Like, um, Cesaro absolutely is the toughest worker in the WWE. Um, uh, like you said, the guy has the physique. He has the charisma. He doesn't. He doesn't have his highs. He's never. They've never given him. I'm sorry. They gave. He's had his lows. They haven't given him many highs. And um, I'm not sure what you're going to talk talk on more about this. So. I'm not gonna say too much more because I have a feeling you, what you're gonna uh, talk about John John Cena classy uh, at afterwards. Yes, off air. Yeah, but, um, I heard. I didn't see it yet. I don't, is there a video out of it? I read about it. But yeah, I didn't see it. There I is. seen it. Okay. So yeah. Okay. So basically, um, what happened is when Raw Raw was still on air at a point, and you can see John Cena was gassed, and you know he was the the crowd was cheering him, and I was really surprised at. On that notion, so um, it went off air. Um, I saw the video online, and John Cena pretty much was saying, like, hey, you know, I had my first match here. 
uh, he, he kind of made a joke by saying, you know, actually, that's the last time you guys have ever cheered me. <laughs> Man, but, we uh, when we were WrestleMania 22, we really started that uh, that Boo and John Cena thing and the um, the Boo Yes punch back and forth thing. That was born in the All-State Arena. Let's not forget that. Absolutely. And uh, he kind of... Kind of like, um, he, you know, he has this regular John Cena tone by saying this. You know, he's just saying, like, um, every time that he feels like he doesn't have enough in the ring, he says the crowd just gives him that extra little bit more that he needs to keep going. And that was a testament to his to that match, by all means. He was gassed, but he and he and he finished it out. And it was a it was a great work match. It wasn't sloppy or anything at all. I thought it was greatly worked. And then, um, he eventually said he started he started um he started talking about Cesaro and he told him he said, Hey, you know, come back out come back out to the ring and he just praised him by saying he's the hardest worker. Um he just you know, he says he hasn't he's he doesn't know when he's ever gonna get his big opportunity. Johnson is saying he hopes that, you know, what he's doing right now by promoting him, he says, you know, he hopes this helps him. Um he told him to, you know, embrace this moment because uh, the crowd is cheering Cesaro, and it was just heartfelt. You could tell it was it was filled with emotions, and I, 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 I was really speechless. I was like, "Wow, this is this is great." It was a six, it was a six minute speech that he gave off, and I, I advise anybody that has not seen it to. Uh, I'll post a link on our Twitter. Yeah, please uh, do. Shortly. I'd like to see it. But it was it was it was good. It was it was a. Uh, it's one of the one of the classiest things I've seen John John Cena do besides to make a wish. It was basically up there how heartfelt it was. But there's no question if you're a wrestling fan, you know Cesaro is the, the real deal. But he's just not catching a break. And you know I hate to say that because of Tyson's kid injury, would this eventually be it? But even still, it's just I don't know. I feel like he should have been had a solo push. I even thought at the one point where he cut, he was getting ready to cut a pipe bomb like um, CM Punk did that one time. I was like, I hope this is finally the moment. But he was shortly interrupted by I forget who. And that, that was that. And he kind of, you know, started falling down the roster and made a couple of NST appearances, then got matched up with Kid, which, which has been a good thing. But so I'm sorry, Cesaro is a main roster solo competitor that deserves some gold around his belt. For real. You, you know so, how you know how John Cena could put him over? Let him win a match. Yeah. Like, put, it, put him over clean. Like, Cena has enough pull in that company. If, the, if he really wants to put his money where his mouth is, like, do the match with Kevin Owens. Have Cesaro get involved somehow at Battlegrounds. Because I, I really hope that this isn't just, like, a one-off. Like, that they're going to make this a thing. And then that's the way you have John Cena, Kevin Owens continue on to SummerSlam is get Cesaro involved. Like, you got... And then, post-SummerSlam, you could have Cesaro and Kevin Owens feud. Like, Cesaro's not necessarily the greatest guy in the stick, but, like, Kevin Owens could talk so much trash. He could talk people into into three matches worth of a program with Cesaro for the U.S. title and continue to put that title over because it means so much more than it used to six months ago or whatever. Like, yeah. I, we just need to have, you know what we need to start doing? We need to have the Cesaro heat check once a week so we can make sure they're being held accountable to how they're booking him because he, if he's not in a big-time match at WrestleMania next year, if he's on the stinking pre-show again, I am going to turn my back for, like, five minutes at the, at the show just out of protest. And <laughs> I bought. I'm gonna buy a ticket. I can do what I want. Well, we haven't bought our yep. tickets yet, but Silas is gonna order them for us in November. Hey, I'm with you. If I have to put a trash bag over my head, then sign me up. Because <laughs> I, yeah, I refuse. I, I refuse. Even though it was cool to see him come out early because he's gonna set the tone. But no, 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 no. And and, and not to be rude, I definitely wish Tyson Kidd a speedy recovery, and a classy gesture by Cesaro is by wearing an armband with kid and the Canadian fag on his arm, and you know, that's, you know, that's, that goes a long way with me, people that, you know, that realize, like, these injuries are are serious, and not to mention Tyson Kidd posted a picture of the severity of his injury. Oh, man. It's brutal. Yeah, Yeah, indeed. 
Indeed. You so. know what? Kudos. By the way, kudos to Cesaro because he. I know on Stone Cold's podcast, when people ask him about Cesaro, he'll kind of comment that he wasn't a big fan of Cesaro's look all the time, and Cesaro's yeah. really stepped up his look. Like he got the head, the hair fully shaved to the scalp, mm-hmm. which kind of gives him less of an old man bald pattern look. He's got classy tights that are like black boots and like white trunks. Like nobody else is really doing that. It kind of makes him yep. look a little more classy and European. He's finally got knee pads. He kind of looked like a little naked without something on his knees. It was kind of weird. <laughs> I don't know how he wrestled without knee pads because I, I think I heard the Miz talk about this one time. Like if he said if he didn't work in knee pads, he would just get tore up. But um, yeah. And then like you said, having the Tyson kid armband out of respect, like I think that's super classy because – those guys seem like they were legit good friends, you know, outside Maybe. of just being a tag team. But yeah, we need to, we need to do the heat check on him once a week from now on. I I'm I'm very invested in Cesaro. I'm with you on that one. And and another notion too about the John Cena promo afterwards. Well, not really a promo because it wasn't scripted at all, and if some it felt like something he really wanted to do. Chicago gave a standing ovation to him, and that's how you know how deep it was. Yep. When, Immediately, immediately after of the recording of this podcast, I definitely will post it on the page so everybody can get a view. So, so all right. So, I think that pretty much wraps up. Roy, got anything else you want to say about it? No, man. Like it was a cool show. Um, big up to the Chicago crowd as always. I hope I'm there next time. Just didn't quite work out with my schedule this week, but um, Chicago crowd is always great. Please, WWE, give us a Royal Rumble. For goodness sakes, we have never hosted the Royal Rumble in Chicago, ever. That's an interesting fact there. I never knew that. Yeah, we've had um, three WrestleManias. Uh, I don't believe Survivor Series has been in Chicago. I may be mistaken, but um, we need to have a Royal Rumble in Chicago. That's all I'm saying. Um, I think one thing I want to say about Royal was, yeah, it was, it was an alright show to watch. I watched it again today too um it was solid it was, like i said it's better of it was one of the better from the last couple of weeks and i always enjoyed the chicago crowd and titus o'neill commentary definitely was <laughs> the icing on the cake of things that happened so, for sure uh, not to mention not that this even mattered but the, the big show and um oh god miz and ryback show. Yeah, right back. There's a reason why we didn't bring that up. So. <laughs> yeah, there was. <laughs> so. That said, I don't know if you caught any of the big show on Chris Jericho's podcast. I think it was like a week ago. It's like an almost two-hour interview. It is worth a listen. It is really a lot of good stories. The best part was um, Jericho asked him, do you remember on SmackDown when him and Brock did the, oh, the, the yeah, superplex and they that. caved the ring in. Apparently that was a planned spot. There was like airbags under the ring that were involved with that. But that is a, I'm not huge on the big show on TV these days, but what a great listen that is. If you get the chance. Gotta check that out. Yeah, it's great. Out. So, um, before we wrap it up for the night, two things, I just want to go over real quick. The, um, we're definitely going to re- review the new Japan pay-per-view in entirety. Yes. And I, and I, next segment, but I just have to say, um, the um, the championship match for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship between AJ Styles and Okada was absolutely match of the year, hands down. And the spot at the very end of the match was brilliant. Um, AJ Styles just keeps the seem to keep outdoing himself. He's absolutely a fantastic performer, worker, wrestler, whatever you want to call it. And like he says during the match numerous times, this is what wrestling is about. And I agree. One thing that I always love about watching New Japan wrestling is just the art of the power driver. Although WWE has banned it and obviously it has caused injuries in the past, but that that move just makes such a statement. And it's the way how, how it could be implied with reversals or counters. Yes. It's just, you'll, you'll get tons of it in this match, so you be prepared for that. Did um How long did they go? I'm like an hour and a half into the show. I've been watching it piecemeal, but how long did the Okada and AJ Styles match go? 20, 30 minutes. Wow. I think it was, I think it was, I think it was uh, about 28 to be exact. Did you see the Nakamura match before that for the IC title? Yeah, I did. Was it yeah. awesome? 
Yep. yep okay. Yep, awesome. Yep, so I don't don't tell me who won. I haven't watched. No, it yet, no, but... no. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say I will be prepared for um, our next recording of a segment on that because, ladies and gentlemen, if you have not seen that, that is definitely a jewel. That yeah, that review. New Japan always brings the stuff. So. Well, well, man, they've been putting out. There's been a lot of great matches when we talk match of the year contender. I think about uh, Nakamura and Abushi um, at Wrestle Kingdom. Mm-hmm. They yeah. beat the tar out of each other. I think yeah. about Kyle O'Reilly and um, Kushida at the the finals match at the uh, Best of the Super Juniors. Like they're on a roll this year, and I, I, you know, what I've watched of the Dominion pay per view so far was great. The Young Bucks just killed it. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to see the the opener of the show. The Young Bucks, they're they're tights. They are like a money pattern. They look like a photograph of money all over the tights, and then they say Bucks on the back with a, a money sign for the S. <laughs> The the young bucks are just fantastic. I love the young bucks. It's just, it's interesting how many of those huge stars in New Japan filtered through TNA. They were in TNA as Generation Me, I believe was the name of that team, and um, they had Okada in TNA, and they made some like kind of racist Japanese gimmick out of him while he was there. I'm not surprised. It's, it's good, insane. Fashion TNA for you. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing that they're doing right lately, it seems, when I watch Impact is. EC3. I, I was going to say, the only thing I think they're doing right is not signing people, letting them be free. I mean, those guys got to make a living. They're finally seeing like they're letting those guys go out and work a little bit. I know Global Force has got like Eric Young and Bobby Roode, and seem like everybody's going over there to work. I I still don't know who's on the card that I'm going to see in September. They've only just released tickets like a week ago. And if you want VIP to sit up close and to go to the autograph signings, it's forty five bucks. <laughs> I my dad's Sign got my dad's got some connections at the ballpark that they're going to for that one, so I'm mm-hmm. gonna try and pursue it that way. Cause forty five bucks, I can go up and see Ring of Honor and get second row seats at Ring of Honor in Chicago Ridge for thirty bucks. Like, wow. I don't know, man. I don't know. Sounds like a steal to me. I mean, I think so, and like, like at Global Force, like, there's no name recognition really there yet, and they're not even advertising who's on the card. Like, I, you can pick your seats. You know, how on Ticketmaster, you can pick where you sit. Right. And you right. can do the same thing at this Global Force show, and there ain't a single ticket sold in VIP from what I could see. Mm. So. Better jump on it. Yeah, I know, right? So we'll see what happens, but um. Yeah, was there so, anything else big we needed to touch on this week until we get to our I, weekend episode? Well, you know what? There's one thing. Unless you've been under a rock and haven't checked any wrestling sites or, you know, your go-to, whatever, wherever it may be. 19 years ago today, Aaron, what happened? Um, I don't know. One of the most influential groups in wrestling history was formed. Oh, was it the uh, Bash at the Beach and the NWO? Absolutely. Ooh, 19 years. That makes me feel old. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. And I remember it watching it and it's live. It's crazy to think about that. But yeah, fans, if you do not know because you've been asleep or some type of food concussion or coma, 19 years ago today, um, there was a match between uh, Scott Hall of tag team minute with Kevin Nash as the outsiders versus Sting and Macho Man Randy Savage. And it was supposed to be was it was it a two on three? Or was it a three on three? Am I missing somebody? I think it was like it's supposed to be a three on three, but they said that there was gonna be a mystery person that was going to be the third guy and you know they didn't come out for the whole match until the end and it was Hogan. He come out and dropped the leg on Savage. Macho Man. Yeah, and did you know that originally that spot was intended to be Sting, but he didn't want to do it? Oh, good, good man. Like good that's man never, that, I wonder if he ever regrets that. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. That's a lot um, of money, though. I mean, Sting, the old, uh, the first um, character, Sting, did do a lot more mic work, but I think he really... Uh, found himself when the mic wasn't really in front of him and his wrestling skills vastly improved. His matches looked a lot more solid. But um, Hulk Hogan, yeah. I, I'm, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I remember everything that happened. I just remember it. I remember the whole thing was like, who's going to be the mystery guy? Yeah. And um, 
who was who was on uh, Mike? Was it Mike Tanay and uh, Larry Zabisco? It yeah. was, I know I'm I'm pretty sure Bobby Heenan was also on there, and like the way that they worked it was Hogan came out and you thought he was gonna come fight for the the baby faces. But yeah, then Bobby but Heenan, Hogan, Bobby Heenan, like gave it away early. Yeah, that's not, that's exactly what I was gonna say. <laughs> he's gonna, he's gonna say, oh, he's 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 coming out. He's he's on the outside. I was just like, they, WCW was so good for blowing that. But then, on the contrary, WWE did it as well because I remember when Kane debuted. It's like, who is that? I know who that is. That's that's Kane. This was like, how does anybody know who this guy is? I know my buddy. <laughs> I had a buddy in college from St. Louis because that was where that cell match was, where Kane debuted, and he was at that. And he said it was like electric in there. He he thought it was so cool. Absolutely, the, the Demon Kane. How much do we have to upgrade our WWE Network package for to get him to come back? Oh my gosh, I. <laughs> Don't even get me started on like on black slacks, Kane. I don't even. <laughs> I can't even handle it. Can we? Can even, we? <clears throat> I want to talk about one more thing actually before we sign off. We were right, off the air. We were talking about the upcoming battleground pay per view and the card, and I was thinking last night watching the show. It's interesting in this era, like how they can kind of sell a pay per view or a network special, or whatever, off of one or two matches. Yeah. I was interested to hear how many of the feuds that we're looking at for Battleground, do you actually care about and are invested in? Like, I think we can both say that we're into the Brock and Seth Rollins authority storyline, correct? Right. And I think we can say that we're into John Cena, Kevin Owens, and maybe Cesaro, whatever that becomes. Correct. What other storylines are you into right now, if any? Uh, of course, uh, with the New Day and... Uh... The New Day and the Primetime Players. Not so much as a storyline, but there's going to be a lot of good work. Yes. So I am, and um, I, I, I do like how they both, how in the aspect of this of this view that um, there's always some type of like interference or mic work or coming I mean, up, excuse me, commentary work while the other ones are wrestling, and it's it's it's, it's entertaining. Not so much in the view as to see like how it's going to go about, but you always know when they're coming out, it's always going to be. It's going to be pure entertainment. But uh, who else is on this card? I forget. Well, that's part of the problem now, isn't it? <laughs> the, I guess the only other big angle I'm into is the uh, the Lana and Dolph and Rusev and Summer Rae thing. I think that's kind of fun. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, right back, Big Show Miz? No. And Bray Wyatt and Roman Reigns? No. <laughs> and, and Sheamus and Orton, here's how they sold that. I know they had a confrontation like two weeks ago. And then Randy Orton went off on a trip with his girlfriend, who he got engaged to, I read. And yeah, then um, yeah. he comes back and he attacks Sheamus after his match. And the announcer's like, well, these guys just really don't like each other. And look at Randy Orton. And it's just like, okay, that's cool. I don't know, whatever. I prefer my Randy Orton heel as opposed to babyface anyways. But there's three feuds in the whole in the whole show that I think we're kind of connecting with and I think the way they could make that primetime players feel better is have have the new day cheat and get those tag straps back so that the baby faces are chasing I think that would be a great a great way to make us care about that more I, I, I think the fact that um, a lot of people are optimistic on how the belts will be handled makes it even more independent because a lot of people think that the new day are better with gold around their belt as far as who they are yep and so, you can do the freebird rule again which i'm i love that they were talking about the freebird rule yeah <laughs> i can't i can't keep stop thinking about um <laughs> titus on deal telling jbl we're not we're not talking about the beast in the east right now <laughs> we're talking about <laughs> the lucha dragons versus new day <laughs> oh He's man like, he was like, how many degrees do you have, JBL? <laughs> oh, that was the best part because they all, like, legit have degrees and JBL went to, like, clown college or something. <laughs> it's so good. I love Titus. Yeah, he's, he's great on my... Well, yeah, fans, I think that's going to wrap it up for this segment. Um, we definitely had a lot to talk about, so we didn't get to play around with some of the stuff we just going to try for y'all. But, hey, we'll have the rest of the members of the team soon. Um, Cole will be revealing um, the new Japan pay-per-view. Uh, 
Um, of course, anything special, rumors to have a daughter week, and of course, Wednesday night wrestling. And, um, hey, Rod, do you have anything else you want to top off for tonight? Uh, I was texting with D Wayne. He's uh, on daddy duty. I think it was bath time with his son when I was uh-huh. trying to get a hold of him, but he said that he will be cutting another scene of Monster Files for our weekend episode, and hopefully we can get him on here to chat with us, because I haven't talked to D. Wayne in a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, otherwise, um, always a good time talking wrestling with two chains, and we look forward to getting with you guys again this weekend. All right, everybody. Have a good night. This has been another production of the Big Goat Belt Wrestling Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at BGB Group or on Facebook, facebook.com slash Belt. Email us at BigGoldBeltGroup at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes.